Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome back to the Life Group Leader Podcast. We are cruising along in the series, Hope in Hopeless Times. This is week two, and we're going to be wrapping up the second half of the first chapter of First Peter. Jeremy, how are you? And uh, walk us through kind of what the big picture is for this um, for this week. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, Jared. Uh, this this week, we're going to be looking at how our, a hope-filled life is a is a holy life. So as we set our hope on the grace to be brought to us, uh, it's going to change the way we live. We're, we're going to live differently um, than the world around us. And even when things get tough, we're going to have that hope uh, in the person of Christ and in the life that we have to come with him uh, is, is going to be our anchor to provide kind of stability in a, in a world that's changing all around us. Yeah, there, this, is a, this is one of those things where it's it, the passages in here, be holy, because I am holy, right? And you go, oh, is it that easy? Yeah. I just, I just have to. You just tell me to be holy, and I just kind of wake up and I decide each morning I'm, I'm now holy today. It's a real hard wrestle for the Christian who's been walking with Jesus for any number of days. We realize that life is really challenging. There's still a lot of things that come our way, and holiness is less of a, um, less of a uh, wake up and behave in a certain way and more of a lean into relationship and it'll be the natural product. It'll be the fruit of a relationship, right? Yeah, I, I love the way you said that because hopefully this should give our groups a lot to talk about is just even just initial impressions from that that verse of that feels like such a huge overwhelming uh, command, but but it's an invitation. It's you know, Peter is is quoting back um, from the Old Testament when when the Lord called His people to to live and to act like Him, to reflect Him in the way that they live. Um, so yeah, there, there's kind of the the house rules. Any family has has house rules, so to speak. But it's really about being more like our heavenly Father than it is even about here's the house rules. They kind of, they're all wrapped together, but the heart of it is relationship. Yes. And when we get that out of order, when we start to think, follow the rules and that will equal a healthy relationship, then we start to become legalistic in our approach. We start to think, okay, it's all about following the rules and then God will love me as opposed to, no, 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 you are loved. Therefore, this is what it looks like to live in God's God's family. The the Ten Commandments were given in freedom, right? They were given as, hey, you are now free, live in the promised land. This is what that should look like, right? Yeah, well, just when we remember that any command we see in Scripture, uh, like you you pointed to the Ten Commandments, for example, that the the commandments are are giving in a place of freedom, uh, you know, the God's people had been literally set free uh, from captivity in Egypt, they were brought into this wilderness on the way to the promised land, and then God gives them kind of these, these are the commandments, these are the ways that you're to to live your life. But the fact that we even have those points to the fact that we've been set free, the fact that they have the opportunity, for example, to to observe a Sabbath or to keep God above all other gods, points to the fact that they're no longer bound to another culture, another empire, uh, 
you know, forced labor and, and other religions, that they're walking in this freedom that God has given them. And he's telling them what this new freedom uh, looks like, the, the abundant life that, that Christ talks about. Uh, not just eternal life, not just the reward we get uh, after death, but what life right now looks like with God uh, includes these invitations to trust him. So much of our focus around Christianity is life after death and this eternal hope, which, by the way, is beautiful and so true. And yet there's a profound reality that we're still here and that the Christian has the most opportunity for impact in this life. And so what does that really look like for us over the course of our summer to be looking at this book and to consider what if we were the most hope-filled, joy-filled, active people in our communities, our neighborhoods, um, in the name of Jesus, right? So Jeremy, how, how can our leaders be best prepared as they walk into this week's discussion? So this week's discussion, even as we see the be holy because I'm holy, it's really about our hearts. It's really about the affections of our hearts. So prepare by uh, spending time just asking God to kind of, uh, you know, the prayer of David, like reveal uh, the motivations of, of my own heart. Like show me if there's anything in my own heart that it is not pleasing to the Lord. Uh, so just spend some time, you know, prayerfully um, thanking God for his love for us, the fact that he's brought us into relationship with him. And and as you begin studying and preparing to discuss this text, constantly be pointing people and be paying attention yourself to the relational nature of it all, that this is not this is not like we've said a, a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a as you are now, your identity has been changed, as you now are living in relationship with God and with one another, what is that going to look like? And so constantly point people back to the relational nature of, of life with God. And as a leader, you know, you're going to be in relationship with your group. You're, you, you know these people. You guys have shared your story. You've, you've done some experiences together. You've been in God's word. Um don't get caught up in believing that you have to be the holiest of the group so that the group is catching up to you. But instead, you want to you want to walk closely with your group and say, we are working on this together so that we can be in relationship with God, um, further, further connecting you with the group rather than separating yourself from them. You don't want to create too much distance between the perceived holiness of the leader uh, compared to, right? I remember just in my, the reason I'm bringing this up, I was thinking of my old youth pastor days where the youth pastor in the eyes of most students is just like one half step below Jesus. And it's just so not true. You know, you feel like an imposter so much of the time. And for life group leaders, I think it's really important for us that we um, remind our groups occasionally, hey, I'm with you. I'm struggling too. I, I'm having a hard time with this one as well. That level of vulnerability is is not only is it okay, it's really healthy in a group. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, as, as we're discussing this text this week, um, one of the other things we want to do is not only remind ourselves that we're kind of in this thing together, we're in this Christian life, this family called the church, we're all in this together. Uh, but also that there are no uh, sacred and secular, so to speak, uh, divide in our own lives. Like so often we say, okay, this is this is my spiritual life over here, and then this is my real life or practical life or daily life. Uh, and so part of what we want to do this week is, is kind of look at everything 
our life as a whole and say, God cares about all of it. There's nothing uh, that God does not care about in our lives. There's nothing too great or, or too small, uh, too insignificant. All of it has a, a spiritual dynamic because God cares about all of our lives and uh, the things that we do uh, reflect the fact that we are those created in his image and uh, reconciled through through Christ. Uh, so everything we do has the potential of being testimony to the fact that God is our, our greatest joy and our greatest hope. So we want to help people see that everything uh, has that spiritual dynamic to it. That fully integrated approach to my life is not compartmentalized into sacred and secular, like you said, thinking about this. My church for me is I go at 8.30 on Sundays, and I have a group that meets at 6.30 on Thursdays. But it's like, no, 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 you're, you are one being, and there's an integration yeah. between all aspects of your life. Jeremy, is that a good example of how we can try to take this conversation deeper? Oh yeah, ab absolutely. That we want to help people see that that all of it matters, and uh, I think one of the the temptations we run into sometimes as believers is um, verse seventeen talks about how uh, we're strangers in this world. So we're going to be looking at how we're we're to love one another, like verse twenty two says, brotherly love. That we're in this together. The church is a family. Uh, God cares about all these things. But the temptation that so often we run into is this idea that if we're strangers in this world, then things in this world don't really matter. And that was one of the, the earliest kind of heresies or, or teachings that kind of we see in the New Testament that, that Paul and, and Peter and others are saying, no, there are some who are going to say, because Christ has saved us, we're just sort of spiritual beings and the things that we do in this life uh, don't matter. Uh, and, and so that can become a legalistic form of um, abstaining from all kinds of things, or it can become like a license to do whatever you want. And I know in my own life, I've kind of been through both of those seasons as a teenager and, you know, at different mm -hmm. points in my life where it, I think, well, if God's going to forgive me, these things don't really matter. Like, you know, I just kind of want to be a good person. But when we see that, yes, we are strangers in this world, it's not because this world doesn't matter, uh, but we're strangers in the sense that we live by uh, a different, uh, we live for a different king, a, a different kingdom. And so we live by a different standard and according to different uh, family values, so to speak. Any kind of uh, pitfalls we should be watching out for this week, anything that might help our facilitator, I'm sorry, our leaders, um, just create the most dynamic uh, group possible? Uh, once again, we just want to we want to be prepared to share stories from our from our own lives, and we really want to avoid this week of um, the idea that that things don't don't matter that these so called perishable things trying to fill our our empty lives. Verse eighteen, he he talks about that we can try to get busy filling our lives with all these things. Um, and, and as Christians, we know that we can never earn kind of a sense of worth or a sense of value. And so think through some of those things. Like what are the things that we try to fill our lives with uh, that ultimately can't bring ultimate satisfaction and, and meeting and, and hope? Uh, but at the same time, don't dismiss them and say, well, then all that matters is that I, I pray all the time. And, uh, you know, this kind of detached sense of uh, spirituality that has no no real impact on our lives. 
Um, people need to see that what we believe and who we believe in as the person of Jesus changes our lives uh, as opposed to saying this life doesn't matter. Hmm. And, and of course, this is the church answer that works in everything, but Jesus is the perfect example of this, who was incredibly theologically astute, aware of God's word, could hang with the best of them in the synagogue, but also had no problem hanging with notorious sinners and could work out his theology practically and um, had a way of not ostracizing either side, right? He wasn't, he wasn't uh, making anybody feel outside of the, the power of the gospel, um, but it was really an open door of a conversation for anybody. And so as you think about what, is your, what does your life look like? Well, it looks like growing in knowledge and understanding of God's word, but also practically working that out in our daily life, in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. our family, our workplace, our friend groups, saying, I'm understanding this about God's word, and what, how, can this, how could this change someone's life around me? Yeah, and, and what you just shared, that is, I mean, that's, that's the mission statement of the church, right, of, of Mariners, that we want yes, to— That's right. That we want to inspire others to, to follow Jesus and to fearlessly change the world. Like, as you follow Jesus, your life is going to change, and it should mean that you start seeing the world around you differently— and not just because we start acting differently, but because our hearts are truly changed. The love that we have for this Jesus who loved those who were kind of outside, they weren't perfect, they didn't have it all together, but the love of Christ transformed other people in such a way that the world took notice. And so uh, my greatest hope for group leaders this week is that as you discuss this text, uh, that passion for God and for others that whole part of our mission statement of we want to inspire people to really follow Jesus. Like it, this should be exciting. Um, and so people should see that love in our lives and say, there's something different. There's something kind of strange about you. Like, tell me more about that. I want whatever it is that you have. Yeah. So from stranger to strange, right? That's right. That we might, we might say, Hey, we might feel like we live as strangers and people might look at us like we're strange at times, but there's a beautiful, compelling picture of what, what it looks like when the spirit of God is alive within you. You do, you look different, you act different, you talk different. It's just, it's just different. And it can be beautifully open arm, inviting kind of different. Um, So, Jeremy, thanks so much for all of the work and effort you put into uh, equipping our leaders with great resources. And so, Life Group leaders, we're grateful for you. And if there's anything else we can do, please let us know. We're praying for your week two. We'll see you next week.